Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're listening from around the world. It's Bros and Birdies podcast episode five. Before we get started, here's a little something for you following the fantastic performance by Sammy Burns at the Valspar last week. The Valspar was a delight to see. The bros knew who the winner would be, for we watched him just a week before. The time was nigh for his win on tour. His main dangers they were plain to see. Homer Hovland, our own Bradley. But this tawny he was not about to spurn. Welcome to the big time, Sammy Burns. Cause he may look small, but he's six foot one. And only one tournament before he had won. It was 2018 on April 1. Which happened to be no joke. In Georgia, he was to be the Mastro, winning and beating Bobby Castro. He tried many times and putts he'd missed. He came so close at Genesis. His name is now in the history book at that great course called Innersbrook. The snake pit tried to lure him in, but he played it well and the putts fell in. Burns sighed and then he caressed his putter like a jock would treat his haggis supper. All four days it felt so right, it felt so right, because it was Burns' night. Well done, Sammy. Episode five, big brother. Where have the weeks gone? Masters, Heritage, Zurich, Valspar, Kenya, Austria, Tenerife. Now, two weeks before the second major of the year, we have the Wells Fargo at Quail Hollow, and we stay at Costa de Deque for week two in Tenerife. This week, we are sponsored by erection specialist Viagra. Just two drops in your eyes make you look very hard. Anyway, hey, do you know what, Graham? I, I took a Viagra tablet once, got stuck in my throat, had a stiff neck for weeks. Anyway, with me as usual <laughs> is my brother, Graham. Yeah, hello, brother. You're right. That was uh, that was quite an opening. Well, you know, well, that's what she said. But it's um, yeah, it's you know, it's got to be done every now and then. We put a little bit in anyway. Before we get into everything, I've got something for you. Right, I know we're virtually, so I can't pass it to you next. But I've got a little um, little not quiz, but a few words that crop up in the golf lingo every now and then. I want you to talk about it. You should know them very well. The first one is a bench shaft. Explain to me what a bench shaft is. A bench shaft? <laughs> Sounds like something in my 20s. Um, no, a bench shaft. Crikey. Uh, that, that's like where I've played a really bad golf shot and I've really <laughs> taken it out on the club. Well, no, it's a type of shaft that's used with some putters to allow for different amounts of offset and the visual purposes. So some some guys like it so they can actually get a different visual aspect of the, the putt. Anyway, moving on for bench shaft, which is probably how you got it. It got cock wrist. Ooh, That's cocked wrist. The cock wrist, mate. Cock wrist. Isn't that some when you put your, your palms together and you kind of move your club up and down to get a okay. bit of a feel? On, yeah, spot on. The motion that's used in certain golf shots. So you hold your hands out in front of you, your palms touching. It's the movement which your wrist you brings up, hands up close towards you. Exactly. And do you know what? Do you know another word like COSIF? Have you ever heard of the word COSIF? COSIF what? It's another word for perineum. Because if it wasn't there, you'd be in the shit. Anyway, next one. <laughs> if you asked me, if you asked to pass me a niblick, would you pass me a pen to suck on? 
Pass me a ball marker or pass me a wedge. I would say a ball marker. No, it's a wedge. Oh, come on. Where's he gone? Anyway, next one. Preferred lie. I know what yours is when you say you look like Robert De Niro in his prime. And in fact, you look more like Danny DeVito. Hey, <laughs> so what is a preferred lie? A preferred lie is like where I'm sitting right now. No, um, that's when the weather's really has been bad and you get to lift clean and place your ball. Absolutely oh. true. Yeah, sorry. I was just taking a sip of the drink then. Yeah, so a player replaced the ball on the fairway within six inches. You know, you know about that. Where it came to rest, not nearer the hole. Another one is quitting on the ball. No, not the time you stopped experimenting with homosexuality. So what is quitting on the ball? Quitting on the ball. That's where I've had a 10 on a hole and I thought, that's it, it's going in the water. <laughs> come on, what is it? Oh, quitting on the ball. Stopping your swing before you come down on it. Exactly, yeah, decelerating the club through impact. A common fault in beginners. So there you go, that's a nice little quiz, wasn't it? You you little that. facts to start off with there. Yeah, I like that. No, yeah, 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 yeah. How did it uh, do? 50%? I don't know. but Like you, everything you else in life. You might need to get your bench shift and your cock wrist sorted out. But hey, <laughs> right. So let's talk about that was a quite an interesting week last week. Let's first and foremost talk about our, you know, great success. Great success. First and second, a forecast in a oh, golf tournament. Mate, I was doing handstands in my living room. Unbelievable. Oh, interesting. 90 to 1 and 75 to 1 we had. They were great and, picks, weren't they? Yeah, they, you know, we tell everyone we do our research and we come up with, you know, good stats and we don't always hit it and it's very difficult, but we came up with it. We got it. And also Louis Eustazen, I think he finished eighth as well. He was another top pick. We had Bubba Watson, Cockrack, also picks that were up there who did very, very well. In Europe, yeah, do you know what? I've got a fact about Europe, Graham, and this is not because we didn't do particularly well last week, which we didn't really, but... The problem with European Tour golf at the moment with all these rescheduled tournaments and new courses is the, there's nothing to go on. There's no, there's no course form. There's no, there's no history. There's, certainly wasn't last week. Yeah. It's really hard to understand. And these courses, these birdie fests and, and whatever, it opens up. All of a sudden, you've got a lad like Dean Bermester, you know, played very well 25 under. But he has played well beyond his stats. You know, his stats going into it weren't great. OK, he hits it a long way. And as it turns out, you only needed to hit about 30% of the fairways all week to get yourself to 25 under. Tells you a lot about that tournament. And we'll talk about that going into, into this week as well. But it's very hard with the European Tour, especially this year, to really get some momentum behind it. And it, I think sometimes it's a bit of a stab in the, stab in the dark. But it really is, Craig. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, that, I'll go through some numbers on the Tenerife Open in a minute, but it's interesting when you look at the official world golf rankings, you know, some of these players on the tour, and it does really emphasise the point you're making there. It's difficult to really, you know, no course form to go on in prior years. A lot of players outside the top 100 in the official world golf rankings, even outside the top 200, you know. And so it is really like, um, you know, just trying to put a pin in a sheet of paper. And uh, and it sometimes can be difficult, but but there are also some good value. I mean, Higo last week, you know, he finished tied eighth, so he wasn't that far out the top five. Um, but you know, and he could have been a lot better. But yeah, it's you, um, you, could have, you could have just gone for pin a tail on the donkey. You went for put a pin in a piece of paper. Yeah, exactly. Okay, That's okay. analogies, maybe not your strong point, mate. But so okay, no, they're not. <laughs> 
Put the pin. Oh. <laughs> same thing, isn't it? Come on. Yeah, Come it's on. exactly the same thing. Yeah, go on. Are we going on to Tenerife then? So let, let's have a review of, uh, of Tenerife then. So you've called out Burmester. Do you know what? Interesting, really, with um, Burmester. He's 107th in the official world golf rankings now, only topped by two other players that finished inside that top 15. Catlin, who's not playing this week, and we'll get on to this week's later on. And Higo, who was 66. So actually... He, you know, he wasn't that bad a shout, to be honest with you, from from a, a, a win or a place perspective. And, and he hosed up. You know, the, the guy shot 28 birdies, um, tied with um, the, the Spanish guy, Arnaus. He got 28 birdies as well. And Burmester had one eagle uh, throughout the whole four rounds and, and only five bogeys, you know. So, you know, for a guy that's 107th in the official world rankings, he's already, you know, he's now had two European Tour wins and only at the age of 31. I think, you know, he's still got some mileage left in him and stuff. And, and we'll, we'll come on to this week. Don't you reckon? He certainly does, doesn't he? Yeah, he's... I reckon all that breakfast... Makes been... me look young. But, um, yeah... What's the South African sausage... No, it's German. Burwurst, that's it. Anyway, carry on. So, Burmester. So, yeah, he, he romped away with last week's tournament. And then we had the the, the German, um, age 28, von Dellinghausen. Try saying that when you've had a few drinks. You know, 297th in the, in the official world golf rankings. Yet, yeah, he had had a bit of form this year on the European Tour uh, coming yeah, into yeah, this yeah. tournament, you know, and, and probably as someone that you know I'm not going to veer away from when we get to the Canary Islands later on so so yeah so you know a, a, a difficult tournament really to call out from a win perspective but a lot of good play out there you know 25 under 20 under 19 under 18 17 you know all fill in those those place positions a uh, lot of birdies birdie fest i think there was one point um i think there was something like 71 eagles throughout the whole of that tournament last week i think the par fives at this course averaged just over 22 and a half against a par of 25 with 71 eagles and only 12 of them were actually recorded by players that finished in the top 12 so you know it, it, that's quite an interesting statistic really when you look at hey, it low, low percentage nikolai von dellinghausen wins this week i'll get his name tattooed on my old chap but I might just have to have his initials. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> I like that one. Yeah, it's a bit like Wendy, isn't it? Um, anyway, <laughs> yeah, so so that was Tenerife. Um, Wendy? Yeah, let's not go there. Higo, let's go back to Higo, you know, pick of mine. Triple bogey on a par four, criminal, you know, two eagles, 27 birdies, seven bogeys. He could have been a lot better and certainly in, in the place money for sure. Probably um, tired. Probably I think he probably is a little bit tired, which is interesting. You know, he, he's playing again this week where, you know, we've got Catlin isn't playing this week. Um, I think a few others, Olison, Olison's not yeah, playing this week. Did, why isn't Olison playing this week? Is You would have thought he would be banged up there, wouldn't you? But he's not on the American tour. No? He's not playing be... in America either, so. No, I don't know. Who knows? Mm. Where is he? I would have picked him this week, but he's not here. Anyway, carry on. Yeah, so that, that was a, a little, you know, short review about Tenerife, really. Say birdie fest, low scoring. Um, but the, the official world rankings for me, I think, are going to be a key factor in the picks this week. What about yourself? Oh, you love a ranking. Hey, hey, what, Tenerife? Yeah. Oh, it was, it was, yeah, do you know what? It was, 
I think we're going to see an even lower score this week. To be honest with you, I think you the think weather. So? I think the weather's set fair. I think. Um, I think players getting used to the course a bit more. Um, there's a player in there which I'll pick later. Um, I think will demolish the course, and he's a big price. But yeah, I think we might even see a, a better score than 25 under this week. Interesting yeah. you say that because that didn't play out in Cyprus at the back end of last year. And I think we had what was it very, yeah, 20 under, and then the week after it was seven under. This is really accessible, mate. It's they can't do anything different to this course. What are they going to do? Like put a, put a green in the water, floating somewhere. I don't know, but it's yeah. I don't like to see all these massive scores. To be honest with you. I want to see a test. You know, I can understand it would be a test if the wind really got up on the coast and, and blew and there was prospect of some gusty wind at the weekend, but that didn't materialise. If the wind was to get up, then I could see yeah, it could be a good test. But I really think it's just going to be so straightforward this week, a cut around about sort of six under. I don't really like seeing that. You know that. But um, we'll see what happens. For me, I agree with everything you said. You know, Burmester played the best. He drove it phenomenally um, long. Didn't drive it phenomenally well, you know. I think to average about forty percent on fairways hit and finish twenty five under shows you the state of this course. So players coming into this week, you know, they, they can't they can't dramatically grow the rough, you know, within within four or five days. So you can just see players absolutely as long as they miss it on the right sides, ripping it down there. And um, yeah, that's why I think we'll see a big score. But yeah, I'm not necessarily looking forward to the tournament to be honest with you. I know that sounds a bit negative on a podcast promoting betting on a tournament but it is what it is I'll be much more excited when we start talking about um, Quail Hollow but yeah I don't think I've got anything more to, to add let's talk about our great success at what Wild a Star. success yeah it was I mean it was great viewing really wasn't it I, I think we were both kind of gripped and or glued to the TV really um, watching that shootout between Burns and Bradley knowing that you know either one would have paid dividends Um Obviously, Burns was slightly a bit bigger in, in the odds and stuff. So, yeah, great return. They're superb. And that's kind of really put us streets ahead now in terms of, you know, since starting out at the Masters. And we're now kind of running at, you know, 117 and a half points profit. So, yeah, great news. That's that, Do you know what? That's phenomenal, isn't it? You know, in just the, the small amount of time to be that. I know it can go the other way, but, you know, you get one of those every now and then. We have to capitalise on that, which we did um, going in. Yeah, it was, it was nice, you know, halfway halfway mark we're looking at full clear on both of them you know all looking down on the field where people on social media talk you know send us a message saying that fantastic you guys are flying and then obviously we had the likes of oost and at the time watson was playing well and cockrack was playing well and Nieman. so we had you know we had players they're all up there yeah 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 they're about so we had a lot of offerings and yeah i just i was happy for sam burns you know he's the only other tournament he won previously was uh, Savannah thing on the, the the lower tour. I don't think it was called the Corn Ferry then, but whatever it was called, the mm. Web Tour. Um, so yeah, but he's played some nice golf, and the reason he was picked was because he played nice golf in that match play with alongside Billy Horschel. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, you can see he was striking the ball really well. So that's what made me pick him. Um, Bradley obviously did the same sort of thing, but had a bit of course history and. So there were big prices when you could. I know it's easy to say after the Lord Mayor's show and all that, but you know it's um, chuffed. It was chuffed. It was just nice to see them doing it. The snake pit. They sort of <laughs> they got round the snake pit, and um, it's. Do you know a sand? I don't know what is the sand on certain 
is the sand on all holes the same? Or is it when they get to the snake pit, some of those bunkers looked a lot deeper and softer because when the balls were going in, I think it was the 16th, I think it was, or maybe the 18th, a lot of the balls were getting like a fried egg look. And I, I didn't see that on some of the other bunkers. Mm, but don't know. Don't know. I might have been wrong. But they weren't hopping out of the, the pitch mark. But anyway. No, great, yeah, great win for Burns. Just a couple of things to chip in on Burns there. You know, I mean, it, for me, he, he was a he was a winner waiting to happen. Great pick. You know, he's forty fourth in the official world golf rankings. He had a, a third place at the Genesis, which is not an easy course. You know, Riviera is not an easy course to play at. You know, he he had a, a tied eighteenth at the Farmers. You know, tied twenty second at the waste management Phoenix, and then he goes and wins. Uh, you know, a, a tough course uh, at the Copperhead. So you know, the guy is trending in the right way. And you know, to him and Keegan Bradley had two eagles, and that you know throughout the four rounds, and that kind of really did set them apart from the, you know, the other chasers. Let's call it, um, and and that's really what probably kicked it for them. You know, you have Ho- Hovland. You know. He, 22 birdies. Mm-hmm. I think it was the most birdies out of the top 12 or whatever. So, you know, he was certainly oh, shooting. And a six under. Great finishing. Mm. No, brilliant. But yeah, good. superb wins. You know, Bradley's, he always, he gets there, but he just doesn't get over that line anymore, does he? And that's... Um... Well, did you see this? Did you see the social media stuff when he, because he caddied for his dad at the Valspar. Oh, really? Right. Yeah, yeah. So there were pictures of him with Bradley on his, on his bib when he was caddying. And you know what? It would have been great if he could have won this. Yeah, that would have been fantastic. But to be back there and to follow in the footsteps of your your old man is is pretty um, is pretty damn um, special upon anyone's agenda. Yeah. So right. Okay. So we I think we pretty much reviewed the tournaments, have we not? Well, we have. But I will tell you what I want to do. I know you love your songs. So just coming off the Valstar, oh. you know, oh, and we, we had Sandbirds. I've come up with something. And it's a little bit different. You don't normally see this from me, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. It's a limerick. So I'm going to go with it. Bear with me. Fire away. Can't wait. There was a young man called Sam Burns. In round three, many birdies were spurned. He came back after three for a fight with Bradley and a first PGA victory was earned. Now in Tenerife, a South African called Dean had been tipped as a birdie machine. He won in a canter and the field had no answer. Will he repeat it? Remains to be seen. Now this week in North Carolina, Quail Hollow, it couldn't be finer. The Green Mile will be tough. Bryson's sure to find rough. Go ready, my son, me old China. If there's one thing we learn of this game, it's that all picks are there to cause pain. You can spend hours on stats. Call him thin, call me fats. Bring in the cash, make it rain. How'd you like that? Oh, Loki. I like, I like to call him thin and call you fat. I think that's what you meant, wasn't it? But, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, mate, that was, uh, do you know what? It's a surprise and very good. Big surprise. I loved it. We've got a, got, a, got a rival now. You can do them all. Anyway, let's um, let's move on. But before I go on, Greg, have you ever been to the website comejumpdevices.com? It's a site for sore eyes. Right, <laughs> move on to preview then let's preview to start with tenerife let's go back to the sun the costa de Deji, and they've renamed it you know it's the same course but it's the canary championships the canary championships 
We don't need to talk about the course. We know about the course, okay? Yeah. It's 30 fest. You can miss the fairways and you still have a great attempt at getting on the green and having a birdie and what have you. So let's just jump straight to who we're going for. Let You go first. Have a little chat about the tournament if you want to, but talk about your picks. Yeah. The, the, so the Canary Islands Championship, uh, I think one thing I just want to point out, you know, we talked a little bit about the weather last week and I don't think the weather really played out as it was forecast. And maybe that's what you get in the Canary Islands and certainly Tenerife. But, you know, there is no blustering. There's no rain in the forecast this week, which means there probably will be. But, you know, the weather is set fair at 20 to 24 degrees each of the four days. So I think you're going to find calmer conditions and maybe that might be more conducive to, to lower scoring to your point earlier on. But yeah, in terms of picks, you know, I said earlier on, I think the way Burmester played in that final round last week and the, with the ease with which he won, I don't think you can veer that far away from him this week. And again, you know, I pointed out his official world golf ranking is probably up there, um, you know, probably one of the highest in, in the field that's there, short, short of Higo that we've talked about already. So I'm actually going to stick with Burmester this week. It may seem an obvious pick. He is second favourite behind Higo, but, you know, why is Higo 12 and Burmester's 18? Is it official yeah, why, world ranking why, difference? Why, you know, with Burmester, what's to say he can play above his stats two weeks in a row, you know, for, for me? And that's, so you think that he can carry that from last week with all the, the euphoria and what have you. He can go through and still play to that standard. This, I, I see no reason. I see no reason. And okay, the, okay. the euphoria of a win, yes, there's always that you've got to battle with. But it wasn't his first win. It was his second win. So it's not like it was a new thing to him. And he's in the same place and he's going to be relaxed. So, yeah. Fair enough. Eight, Fair enough. 18th to one for me, Burmester. He, he's first on the list and he's going to be my main bet this week. Second one, I'm going to go with um, Samuya. So... I've just come back from Tenerife for a few days in the sun and I was talking to my friends on the beach and we were talking about the chances of Samuya and Valamaki and, and, and he stood up and he went, is that two sharks? When I don't know, but I can see two fins. Anyway, hey. was... <laughs> Samuya for me at 25 to one, I, I think, you know, there was a strong showing last week and what was it? A tied, tied third, I think at 19 under, and his his worst round was the final round. He shot a 69. It was 64, 66, 66, 69. Um, and, and I think this guy likes double headers as well. I think he's shown previously that he, he's up for this format. And he's a little bit short for me, maybe at 25 to 1. But he isn't that far behind Burmester in terms of official world golf rankings without any wins. You know, he's 113th. You'd have to worry about his. You'd have to worry about his back nine on that last, um, last round. You know the whole back nine. He was one over on a course that is so accessible. And and maybe Craig, that is the you know that the maiden tag needs to be lifted. He hasn't won on the European tour. Oh, he's a talent. I like him a lot. You know, you know, but he's still one hundred thirteenth in in the the world rankings. So you know, for me, he's there, and he only had six bogeys last week. You know, and that and that was only actually beaten three of by them. Know, three four of them players were on the on the tenth hole. Yeah, hates so he clearly part. doesn't like the tenth hole, does he? So it's uh, hates it. 
so yeah, so he's he's up on the list for me this week. Um, he's number two. Number three, I'm going to go, I alluded to him earlier on, uh, the, the German fella, Von Delen. Oh, my There's no reason for me why he cannot bring that game again this week. I know your point about kind of, the, is he going to bring it back exactly the same? Same story as Burmester. But Von Dellinghausen is actually charting the right way in a lot of the major stats. You know, he is first on the European Tour in strokes game putting. He is first in scrambling. And I think, you know, as we've seen, scrambling and putting of recent weeks in the, you know, these wide open fields have got to be up there. And he's also ninth in strokes gained total. So he's charting in the right direction. He's 60 to one. I think he's big for what he did last week. And, you know, it was that final round, obviously, just couldn't quite get it over the line. But for me, uh, I think he's, he's definitely got to be up there. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big believer in current form. Yeah, and, and yeah, obviously no. we've got a little bit of course form to go on now, whereas we hadn't had that last week. But he had performed well in the weeks leading up to that tournament. So for me, Von Dellinghausen is up there. And I'm just going to give you one more. Uh, I've given you Burmester, Samuya and um, Von Dellinghausen. And one more for me, a little bit out there. But I like this Spanish guy, Ategi. Uh, 28 year old three European Tour wins yes it was a mediocre performance on this course last week but at 50 to 1 this guy can throw in a tournament and you know I think he will have a good week and that you know, my personal opinion and then as, as a really small each way um, Oriel another Spanish guy you know, he's 7th in strokes gained tee to green and he's Jeez, in the top think- 20 in a lot of major other stats for the 2021 season. And at 90 to 1, he maybe looks a little bit overpriced. But he is 559th in the world rankings. Obviously, 34, never had a win. So they're my picks. Your main three are Burmester, Samuya and NVD. Nikolai van Dugelenhausen. Yes, they are. Okay, well, that's fair enough. Um, You don't need to get that phone. Somebody answered it as you said. No, 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 I've just answered it. Hold on. Yeah, Bryson? Yeah? Oh, we're just doing something at the moment. I'll call you back. Cheers. Jesus, I'll just he's put him off. You for, um, dietary advice. Jesus Christ, it'd just be a pot noodle and baked beans. Right, let's go. My picks. But before, do you know what? I watched so much golf last week. and I was, I was watching the golf again. My wife came up and she goes, I'm sick and tired of your obsession with golf. I said, why is that? Is it driving a wedge between us? But anyway, <laughs> the... Um, my oh, yeah. Right, my my first pick, I love, right, I absolutely love this golfer. And he is class personified. I think this guy should be 30, 40 points higher in the ranking than any other player in this tournament. Adri Arnaus, right? You talked about him before. Mm. You know, 65 to open uh, last week. Had a terrible round, second round. I don't know where that came from, but 71. You know, and you're looking... He could, probably should have been second if he hit a normal round. But he strikes that ball superbly, and he is class. I'm not going to dwell on it too long because I think it's just – he is a class, class golfer, and he's a class above most of these in this field. And if he gets his game on now, he's had a look at the course. His confidence is there. He is massive at 25-1. to 1. 
He I missed some going. really silly putts last week, though, Craig. You know, I mean, again, he had 28 birdies, only, you know, matched by Burmester, the winner, 12 bogeys. And, and that was, for me, that was putting. You know, he missed a lot of silly putts, really. So but, what's yeah, he going to do? Up there. What would he have done in the next couple of days? He's going to be on that putting green. You know, like you said, he had loads of birdies. And I think he's class. He'll get rid of those bogeys. He knows what he needs to do. But he's a class golfer. And if I was putting my own book up, Right, based on ability, not form, just ability, he would be around about eight to ten to one for me in this tournament. And we've seen him a lot shorter in a lot better tournaments um, over the past couple of years. Anyway, yeah, so I would agree. Yeah, he's got to win at some point, mate. He's got to. Win. I mean, he's one hundred and thirty-two in the in the world, so he, he's not. You know, he's not a shoddy golfer. He's up there, and he has to win sooner or later in one of these, you know, lesser tournaments on the European Tour. Maybe this week. Who knows. But he knows now he doesn't have to hit the fairway because, you know, Vermester can do it. So so can he. Anyway, my next golfer, Nino Butasio, right? I've played this guy a few times, not in golf, but as in betting. Um, and his approaches when he's on song are sublime, right? If his putter is hot, if his putter is hot, this guy is far too big. He's far too big. He's 60 to 1. Right. And give me a reason. Give me a reason why he can't. You know, he finished he finished 13 under last week, 67, 67, 69, 68. OK, you know, perhaps he didn't sink enough birdies. He probably didn't. He had a couple of eagles. He hates the eighth hole. He hates the tenth hole. But he gets that sorted out. Right. And he irons out those mistakes. He's massive at 60 to one, especially when you're looking at the market of a quarter of the odds of the first five. You know, mm. you look at a 15 to 1 winner to be in the top five in this tournament. For me, that's massive. The third one, right? The third one, I think this is one of my bets of the year so far. Oh, that's he a missed, big statement. He, he, he had to pull out of the Austrian Open um, for COVID reasons. Um, he had no symptoms, but he tested positive. Nicholas Lemke, the Swedish guy. Now, you look at him, he's 16th on. Um, Puts running green in regulation, right? 1.7. Greens in regulation, 64.3%. Driving distance, 325 yards. So this boy will hit it a long way. He finds the greens and he puts superbly. What more is there to ask for? He's raring to go. He said it on social media. He is raring to go. He's disappointed. But now he's there. He missed last week, obviously, because he was still in quarantine. And He's a class golfer, and this guy, and even the wind picked up a bit. The guy can play a bit in the wind. So for me, a fifty to one, Nicholas Lemke. That rounds up. That rounds up my three outright bets. Lemke, yeah, I like that choice. I like that last Tassio. choice. He's aggressive enough. Yeah, like him. I do like. I do like another bet, and that Go is um, Sean Crocker. Cool, you're going top back to US. the Crocker, are you? No, but only for the top US market and okay. eighty-five. Who's he got to beat? Viamin and Suri. And he played quite well, Crocker, last week. He finished 14 under. Terrible final round of 71, but he shot 64 second round. I think at 8-5, to five, that is a, is a good bet. So there's my four bets for Tenerife. And that rounds up our Tenerife preview and our bets. Excellent. So without a shadow of a doubt, right? But, oh, mate, I've got to tell you, right, before we go on to this tournament in the States. So I started at the gym because, you know, I want to get a bit fitter and what have you. And I said to the instructor, I said, can you teach me how to do the, the splits? He said, how flexible are you? I said, I can't do Tuesdays. 
So let's go straight on to the PGA. So <laughs> you go first, mate. Okay, Quail Hollow. Um, you know, what can we say about Quail Hollow? It's you know a long course again, which we typically tend to see on US standards. At, you know, around about seven thousand six hundred. Obviously, can be adjusted based on tee positions, etc. But you know, a tough par seventy one, and you know, an opening hole of five hundred and twelve yards as a par four. You know, tough for, for many people on a par five, but you know, an opening mm. par four that's brutal. Um, actually got lengthened during some course alterations in 2016 prior to the course actually holding the, the PGA Championship in 17. So, yeah, tough opening hole. We've got, you know, we've got 11 par fours, of which four of them are greater than 500 yards in distance. Uh, and that's tough. You know, that is really tough by, by anybody's standards. But two of the par fours are potentially drivable. The eighth and the fourteenth. The eighth is somewhere around three fifteen, fourteenth three thirty, somewhere around there. But you know we're maybe going to see the likes of Bryson go for those holes this week without a shadow of doubt, um, yeah, and many other golfers for sure. But there are also five par threes. Um, sorry, that there are four par threes and there's three par fives. So you know we, we veer away from the standard four par fives on a par 72 and this course is is a tough course uh, all right last year it was 115 under i think was it maximum not last year in 2019 when it was last played because we had mm. a, a missed year because of covid but homer won it on 15 under um which you know, again is quite impressive for a course of, of this difficulty one other thing as well with quail hollow um, actually, Quail Hollow is going to host the 2022 Presidents Cup. I don't know if you knew that, but um, no, yeah, it is. So um, you know, a lot of the international players obviously are going to want to be maybe fine tuning and trying to get into the side. So maybe we might see some international players really playing well this week to to boost their chances. But another course where we have a stretch of holes that are given a name. Uh, this this week at Quail Hollow, it's called the Green Mile, and that is holes 16, 17, and eighteen, and actually is the most difficult stretch on the PGA Tour um, for any course, and has been since two thousand and three. Typically, playing one over par as an average across those three holes each round. So that you know that that Green Mile is actually going to be tough this week so that's a little bit about where we're you know we're in we're in charlotte in north carolina um at the quail hollow course so that's a little bit about the course well this fog do you know what it's star-studded mate this tournament uh, 10 of the top 15 players in the world are scheduled to compete mm. that includes four of the top five ranked players justin thomas number two ram three xander chauffele four and bryson at five 156 players taking part and mate. This is a ch- it is a challenging golf course. It's you know it's tree lined. It's a dr- you know you have to drive the ball pretty damn well, and you'll get caught out if you're not driving that well. And we've seen winners in the past that you know have had to drive it well. So I'm excited about this. One. You're, you're absolutely right, and and you know some of the stats here again. There is an emphasis on driving distance, driving accuracy, and strokes gained off the tee. It is a key factor at this course. In fact, I think it's ranked fifth 
of all of the courses on the PGA Tour. So there's only other four courses where mm. this particular factor, strokes gained off the tee, is more significant. So therefore, you know, they are that's where we've got to be looking. We've got to be looking at those players that are high ranked in that statistic. And, you know, a, a driving distance is a key factor. And no reason why we're, we're probably going to be talking a little bit about Bryson. So, um, yeah, th- there's I've just a few Char- things. I've been to Charlotte, mate. I've been really? to Charlotte. Just around, yeah, just around, just not far from the golf course, actually, is this um, the shopping complex. There's a multi-story car park. And I tell you what, the amount of cars that were getting broken into, and I tell you, crime in multi-story car parks, mate, it's wrong on many different levels. <laughs> then, okay. What's that got to do with golf? I don't know. I just thought I'd throw it in. Anyway, carry on. And so, shall I go first? Go for it, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to go first. And there's a controversial one which we need to discuss um, towards the end because I don't think you agree with me. But we'll go with that. Um, I think we agree on a couple of them this week. Now, my first one is Patrick Reed, right? And he's 30 to 1. He was tied 28th in 2019. He was 8th in 2018. And then he was tied second when the PGA was played here at Quail Hollow in 2017. So he likes this course, all right? It suits his eye. And, you know, he's been steady on the stats this year, but his putter is on fire. He's third in shots gained in putting, right? I know he missed the cut last week, but it was his first tournament since the, the Masters. So a little bit of rust, maybe, I'm not sure. But I expect him to be right there. And if his putter is that hot and continues to be that hot, and he likes the course and it suits his eye, then he's my first pick, 30 to 1. And these are also, again, quarter of the odds, first five. And we bet three, six, five. Yeah, I uh, like Patrick Reed, Craig. I'm with you on that one. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, that's, definitely. I, I, it just stands out to me. You know, we may be we may be very wrong. You mentioned it before, and I think we also agree on this one. Um, see Bryson. Now, now, just just before you go on to Bryson, let me just tell you about Reed. One of his favourite quotes: go on. Go on. "Nerves just mean you're prepared." That's great. Um, so, <laughs> and he likes cooking. Uh, does he? Great. He does. Yeah. yeah. He does. You love he loves you cooking. Love Let's hope he serves up his best dish this week. Hey, right. Bryson DeChambeau. Yeah, you know I like him and I pick him whenever I can. I'm a little bit sort of follow off a cliff. But, you know, he was tied 28th in the PGA in 2017 and he was fourth here in 2018 with a yeah. shot of 65 and a 66. And he started with a terrible 75. Yeah. Will he attempt to drive that um, par four? 14th I'm not sure I don't think he will I think the way that par four is shaped where the sort of runs down towards the hazard and it's sloped and there's a lot going on there's bunkers all over the place maybe a lane right I'm not sure he but, could drive it with a three iron though what are you talking about oh he could he could drive it with um Cameron Smith did redo it's for me I just I just think he would have looked at where his game is at you know having a little bit of time off and concentrated on the things he needs to concentrate. He's a class player, Gray. We all, we all know it. And his putter hasn't been as hot as it usually is. You know, he didn't put very well the last few tournaments. So for me, I think he's, I think his game is, well, we all know his game is definitely good enough and he's got the distance. And when he drives it on song, I think he'll be thereabouts. And I think 14 to one is probably, it's probably not value, but you know, 
I think he's going to be there. Yeah. I think he's going to be there. Um, you know, very much like last week, you know, you can leave out when you decide to leave out market leaders, it's a risk. Obviously, you know, a lot of tipsters went for DJ and Justin last week and we steered well clear. Well, I just clear. didn't see just, I didn't see Justin's game in the right place. He played some nice golf. Fair enough. I did not see DJ's game in the right place to justify where those two were in the betting. So, you know, sometimes you go with them. Sometimes you go. And I think Bryson is probably priced about right. Um, I do. I have a big priced one. I have four in total. I have a big priced one. And um, Brendan Todd, right? He, he's played okay this year. You know what I mean? He hasn't. He hasn't set the world alight. You know, he won those two tournaments on the bounce last year. His putter is is hot. He's right at the top on strokes gained putting. He's up there on. I think he's top on driving accuracy, and. I think he can go well round here. I think if he drives it well, I think if his iron game's on song and he's putting well, he's a massive price at 110 to one. So it's a bit of a risk because I don't think he's playing as well as he was last year. And, and granted, that's an obvious statement to make, but I think he's a big price and could go well at each way markets. The last one. Now I sat and I'm an art. I had many cup of tea. I even had a couple of beers and I thought, Am I going to go and do this? Am I going to do it? And I went, do you know what? I'm in. Oh, don't say you've done it. You've done it, haven't you? I've gone for Rory. Oh, yeah. my God, no. Now, he's not pretty a... much the lowest ranked he's been since 2009. Um, yes, he missed the cut in the players. Yes, he missed the cut in the Masters. But he finished sixth in the World Golf Championship. He's finished 10th in the Arnold Palmer. He drives the ball for fun, right? It's his iron game that has been off. It's his, and his putting has been terrible. But he's been working on it. Now, you, you follow in the social media and stuff like that. You can see that he's working on his game. And you know that that ability is there. It doesn't go away overnight. He's had stuff that he's been working on. He's had a child and whatever. His family dynamic has all changed. But he is talent, mate. There's no getting away with it. And you're putting Rory. Can you ever imagine Rory being in this field 20 to 1 a few years ago? I don't know. He'd be eight. Not 10. in this tournament, no, no. But no, I, I am a firm believer in current form, and I, I just don't think he's anywhere near it at the moment. Even though he does like this course, he's had success at this course. I don't know. I, I'm not with you on that one, mate. But well, I'm I'm going for a massive return to to form just in time for the major. Okay, I think he's coming back. So a twenty to one. Finish in the top five, you get a five-to-one winner. For me, that's pretty good value. A little bet on the side, like I did with Crocker <laughs> in Tenerife. I really fancy um, Poulter to be. You now, Poulter's got his son on the bag this week, mm-hmm. uh, which is a you know, which is a beautiful thing. Westwood did it, and Sig did it. You know, Sink and Son, as we discussed. Poulter's got his boy on the bag. Top English. Who's he got to beat? He's got to beat Tom Lewis, who played well recently. Donald's been playing all right, but he is what he is. Fleetwood in and out of form, you know, not really consistent at the moment. And Wallace has been okay. Right? He's got those to be, and he's 100 to 30. Um, I think that's good value for him to be. He'll beat Lewis, he'll beat Donald. He may have a struggle with Fleetwood, but I think he'll be wanting to show his son, you know, who's a talented golfer with a great future ahead of him. And he'll be there and he'll be putting his all in, as we know Poulter can do. So, yeah, pulls at 130 for a top English in that market. Over to you. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, I'm going to start out with Mr. John Rahm. 
Um, I went big on Rahm in the Masters. Obviously, I, I think everything that came before it probably just took the edge off for him um, and he didn't quite prevail. But here, you know, the, if you look at John Rahm, he's got the game for a course like this. There's no doubt about it. He has had eight top tens from his last 10 stroke play tournaments without a win, admittedly. So, you know... John Rahm is always someone that's going to be up there and he is consistent. Um, I never like in going in a golf tournament for someone so low in, in the odds and stuff, but I, I just can't, I can't move away from Rahm. I, I think probably maybe some of the same reasons that you can't move away from Rory and, uh, and that's a personal opinion, but he's obviously high up in the betting. He's got to be there. He's a class player. There's no doubt about it. So, so John Rahm's my first pick. Just as an off-to-the-side point as well, we mentioned, obviously, we didn't talk up JT or DJ last week. But just, just a quick reference to JT. JT, even though he's not on our list this week, you know, he won the PGA here in 2017 on a score of eight under. Last week, yes, he, he didn't really do it on the putting green. I think he lost sh- six shots in putting, but he gained 13 shots tee to green last week. And that stat is big for this course this week. So I'm a little bit reserved about not putting him in, in my picks, but I've gone with Ram over JT. I just wanted to do that for validation purposes, but just a quick call out to JT though. He's not a pick, but I think he's a danger for sure. He went and watched the Kentucky Derby this week, didn't he? Did what? JT went over and watched the Kentucky Derby at Churchill Downs. Oh, did he? This horse racing, yeah. Anyway, shame about the golf. Right, Corey Connors. Um, This guy this year, he's been an absolute whirlwind, phenomenal golfer, right up there. You know, really building his name, this Canadian. And I I ditched him last week. Is maybe the right thing to do. He he didn't kind of. He didn't quite get up there, but he was high up on, on the leaderboard for a long, long way. But at 35 to 1 for someone who is trending in all of the major stats in the right way, you know, in strokes gained total, he is ranked number one. He is trending. And for me, I, I think he is due a win sooner or later. He loves his hockey. He loves his fishing. So let's hope he fucking pulls it out the water. <laughs> hey, do you know, he also loves his ships. And I, I saw a documentary on shipbuilding the other day. It was riveting. But carry on. <laughs> so Corey Connors, 35 to 1. Like his chances this week. Um, you know, and he's up there for me. He's my second pick. And my third one. Again, you're probably going to laugh at me on this one. I'm probably going to get ridiculed. It's Joel Damon. At 80 <laughs> to 1, right? Joel Damon loves Quail Hollow. He's got form here. Joel Damon has won this year, albeit in a you know secondary event in the Dominican Republic. But he had a great second here last year, losing by three shots only to Max Homer. So he clearly likes the course. Um, his personal motto is have a lot of fun all of the time. Will we see that fun put on the golf course this week? Will he be relaxed? I think he's got the game, Craig. I really do. And I, I think he's big at 81. 80 to 1 for each way value, um, for sure. And I'm, I'm probably actually going to be looking for top eight somewhere. 
you know, obviously we, we play on B365 and, and we typically get top fives. But I'm going to have a scout around and, and be looking for top eights this week on, on Damon. I think, you know, he's someone for me who, who's got the game. And if he turns up this week, we may be able to have a little bit of fun with him. Yeah, I think so, Sky, better, Sky better doing top eight and then Paddy Power, I think. But... Yeah, some, yeah. I, I mean, we'll have a scout around or whatever. So for me, it's Ram, Connors and Damon. Um, I, I also had Shoffley on my um, shortlist and I put a big cross right through him. Um, am I going to get burned by that? I don't know. But, you know, it's I had written down Shoffley, Xander Shoffley. So, you know, he's 20 to 1. He's probably a little bit small to, to have a dabble with this week. But, yeah, out of my shortlist, they're the three. Ram, Connors and Joel Damon. Very nice, man. I spoke to Shuffle the other day, actually, and he's, he was telling me about, apparently there was a rumour that Cadbury's are bringing out an Oriental chocolate bar. I said it could be true, but it could just be a Chinese whisper. Um, <laughs> they get okay, worse. They so, really do. Hey? They no, get no, worse. The sugar, all that... No, come on. Sugar in chocolate. Like jokes about white sugar are, are rare, but ones about brown sugar, them are rarer. Um, <laughs> let's go on to what do we want to go on to now? So we've done our picks. So let's just do a little roundup, right? Let's do a little roundup. Oh, the final thing on, on the weather on Wells Fargo again, set fair all four days. Um, you know, th- there isn't any rain in the forecast. We'll probably get a massive thunderstorm on Friday. Um, you know, 20, 22 to 28 degrees. So warming as the week gets on. And will the golf tournament be the same? Well, yeah, it's definitely it's going to be interesting. But we've um, we've done our picks. So you've gone Ram, Connors and Damon. Damon. I don't even know how you pronounce his surname. Damon. Damon. Um, yeah, it is. Joel Damon, is it? Yep. Okay. Two Christian names. Never trust them. Um, Burmester Samuya Nikolai von Dellinghausen. Otegi and Oriol, and um, I've gone for Potasio, Lemke, and Arnaus with a little side bet with Crocker in that market, as I told you. And then, obviously, over in the States, I've gone for Patrick Reed, Bryson DeChambeau, Rory McElroy, and Brendan Todd at a big price, and also Porter to be top English in that market, 130. Now, I believe that you've got something for us. Yeah. I want to do a little quiz, and I, I I'm calling out to our followers, uh, people that are interested, and the quiz is going to have a little reward, and the little reward is that you will get a call out on next week's edition of Bros and Birdies yeah. podcast. Okay, so this is a quiz, and I want you to stick with it, listeners, but I want you to come back with the right number, the right answer for this. Okay, so I'm going to start out with. Number one, I want you to take the number of letters from the golfer who was born on the 16th of September 1993, whose nickname is shared with a famous song from the band Coldplay. So I want you to take the numbers of the letters from that golfer. I want you then to multiply that by this golfer's... No, just surname, just surname. So, yeah. The, the surname, the number of letters in the surname of that golfer. I then want you to multiply that number by this golfer's current official world golf ranking. Once you've then arrived at that number, I want you then to multiply that number again by the number of children of this English golfer who turned pro in 1995 and was born 
in Stevenage, England, United Kingdom. And again, so it's the number of children of this golfer. I want you to multiply the previous number by that. You will then arrive at another number. And then the final thing I would like you to do is to divide that number by the number of tour victories from this 44-year-old San Diego-born American who turned pro in the year 2000. And once you divide that previous number by this answer, you will get to the answer. The first person to post that answer, either on Twitter, Instagram, will get a call out on the next edition. So get thinking. Blimey. And we will stick it on social media, that because there's a lot to take in. We will stick it um, on Twitter and Instagram and be on our Facebook page. So, um, hey, that was, that was an interesting one. Didn't yeah, it was. That. I'm thinking about that. I, know, I definitely know the Stevenage one. No, it's not BJ Singh. Um, yeah, I know who was born in. Yeah, okay, I've got that one. I'll okay. do some mathematics later on. That's um, So pretty much we're coming to the end of it. We do, um, just before I do the end bit, we do want to shout out to a massive part of our lives, and that is our amazing uh, mum and dad. Dad uh, is currently terminally ill with cancer, and he just started his radiotherapy today. So a bit of positivity there for the man. And we know he listens to the podcast every week, so we want to send all our love, um, and we hope it went well, and we'll be, to see, we'll be up to see you very, very soon. We love you both. Great call out. And to finish, okay, I want to give shout outs to a couple of our American um, followers and friends. And we've got Wiley, who does his amazing podcast. And then we've got Jeff Feinberg, who does another amazing podcast on sports, not just golf and what have you. Both great. We'd love to be part of their show one day. And they're very welcome to come on to ours and have a chat about things and discuss life and golf and tipping from the other side of the pond. You can follow us on um, Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter, Bros Birdies or Birdies Bro. Instagram, Birdies Bro. Podcast, Bros and Birdies on Spotify, Anchor and many other platforms on YouTube as well. And I think that leaves us to say, and it, do you know what? They always, there was one good saying. It says, the next golf shot is the most important golf shot. All right. And this next golf tournament is the most important golf tournament for us. All right, so Tenerife kicks off on Thursday, first one, and then we are systems ahoy for the PGA Tour. Can we get another winner? Will we get another winner? What are your thoughts, Graham? Do you think we can back it up? I think there's a pretty good chance. We've put a lot of effort into this again. Uh, will we prevail? We'll see. But we've certainly uh, given enough to think about there. So enjoy, digest, and we'll see you next week. Well, thank you. That's a great insight to this week's tournaments. And we both shall see you, speak to you next week. Um, what have we got coming up next week, Graham, tournament-wise? So next week, we have the British Masters in, in England. And we also have the AT&T Byron Nelson in the US to look forward to. Oh, OK. The Byron Nelson, yeah, in Texas. And the British Masters hosted by Danny Willett. So we'll see how he gets on in that tournament. Till next week, guys. We'll see you then. See ya.